to look. So let's take our Bibles. We're not going to go to 1 Corinthians. I'd like for you to go to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And as you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, what I want to do tonight is I want to take a, an off-path journey and I want to walk through God's Word and I want us to look at uh, and talk about the hope. Um, the hope that is found on, uh, that was born on Christmas Day, all right? We know that very possibly it wasn't Christmas Day, very possibly could have been in uh, September of some, some sort, but, uh, but the hope that we celebrate on Christmas Day, all right? And that hope would have been uh, that of the one that would come, uh, born of a virgin, uh, the one that would come born of a virgin that would have been laid in a manger that would have been wrapped in swaddling clothes uh, that would have been visited by that of the shepherds uh, that would have been later on a couple years later to be visited by the magi or the wise men. Notice I didn't say three. Uh, and then and then later on uh, to, 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 to have a deep conversation around the age of 13, 12, 13. Then later on around the age of 30, take on a ministry. And then for three and a half years, he would have ministered uh, and he would have done his ministry here on earth. That would have been Jesus Christ. He would have died on the cross. And what he would have done when he died on the cross, he would have died on a cross to make a way for you. All right. Because everyone in this room, you all are sinners in need of a Savior. We're all born in need of a Savior. And Jesus knew that. He knew that from the beginning of time. So all the way back from for God's, uh, or in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He, he knew that then because He's an all-knowing God. And what happens is, is that once He died on that cross... He then would have resurrected himself on that third day. Remember, he was dead, all right? And the resurrection does matter. That's what Joshua spoke on last week. And then what would have happened was, is then on, on 40 days later, he would have been in Acts chapter 1, and he would have ascended up into heaven. As he would have ascended up into heaven, uh, he would have uh, been looked upon by that of all of his disciples, and they would have watched him like the balloon that disappears in the air. And no, that does not mean the balloon comes back down, don't Please don't go there. Uh, but if you've ever let a balloon go, all right, no, the balloon don't go to heaven. All right, um, it, uh, don't do that. So, but what it does, a picture of me to go, is that there was a time when Christ ascended up to heaven, all right? And remember the angels in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 said, hey, what are y'all doing standing around here? Y'all got things to do. But remember, the way that he left is the way that he will return. And that is our hope. That, that is our hope. Um, that is our hope that you and I look for. Hey, that is the joy that we sing about. That is, the, that is the thing that you and I, as we would have saw tonight, if we had stayed in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we would have saw that Paul, that, that Paul says, look, you know what? I'm willing to die for this. And that is what? For that message of hope. And so what I want to do tonight is I want us to kind of take a, an off adventure uh, for that of Christmas season. But what I want us to look at first before we do that is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says this to the people of Thessalonica. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or dead, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. There's that word, hope. I have hope. I know that I will one day see Jesus. I know one day I will see my grandma. I know one day I will see. Why? Because of the faith 
that they've put their, that, that they've placed in that of Jesus, and that is that you know what that their hope is is that one day we will spend eternity with Him. Notice what He says, verse fourteen. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I do, even so them which also are asleep or dead in Jesus, will God bring with Him? For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that's a big deal. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, what Paul is saying here is Paul's not just saying, hey, this is what the Spirit of God has said. He's saying, by the word of the Lord. Almost like to the point to where, like when your mama sends your brother or your sister to your room and says, hey, can you go get uh, so-and-so, tell them it's time to eat. And they come in there and they go, hey man, it's time to eat. And you go, I'll be there in a minute. And then you go, Mom said it's time to eat. And you go, okay, I'll be there in a minute. And it's almost like because what mom says, you know what, your brother, your sibling, you're like, whatever, I don't care. But when mama says it or daddy says it, there's some authority in it. And what Paul says here is Paul saying, listen, look at what the Lord says. All right, he says this. He says, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep or dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And that those which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I comfort the, you with these words. And tonight, what I want to do, Francis, is I want us to look, all right? I want us to look as to what this hope was all about. Because when you and I celebrate Christmas, there's something about uh, the world. The world has done a number on, on what we believe about Christmas and what we don't believe about Christmas. For instance, real quick, there was no cattle lowing all right, where the poor babies sleep. You don't find that in the Bible. There's no cattle. Uh, it doesn't say nowhere in the Bible that there was sheep. There it doesn't say nowhere in the Bible that there was three wise men. It doesn't say there was three wise men. It just says that there was wise men that came from the east that, that brought three gifts. It doesn't say anywhere that angels have wings. But isn't it strange every nativity scene that we see that the angel has got wings. But the Bible doesn't speak nothing about angels having wings. It says nothing in the Bible about Jesus being born in a stable. Being born in a barn. It does not say that he was born in a barn. It does not say he was born in a stable. So the manger scene that your mom and dad's got at the house, pff, it's, really, it's really not biblically accurate. And what we've done is we've let the world teach us what we should believe about the nativity scene and about what took place. We've not let the Word of God teach us that. But hang on a minute. Remember, we're looking forward to his return one day. They too was looking for his first advent, his first coming, and his first coming was spoke about all through the Old Testament. All through the Old Testament, there was the foretelling, there was the prophesying of the one that was going to come. The one that was going to be, you ready? That was going to be the Savior of the world, is what Isaiah would say. But the problem is, you ready? Much like the religious people of Jesus' day, much like the religious people of our day, there's a lot of people that gives lip service, but there's very little people looking for the return of Christ. I'll ask you the question. How many of you have even thought about today could be the day? I love listening 
to the Come Lord Jesus Come song. I don't know if you like listening to different music. Uh, that is a new song that, is, that has come out. Man, I love to hear the guy sing it. Um, but it reminds me that, you know what, today could be the day. Have you looked, have you even looked for his return today? Because see, that, that's our hope. Our hope is not in, listen, our hope is not in an education while we need it. Our hope is not in, our, in a job. Our hope is not in, a, in money. Our hope is not, no, my hope is in Christ. And so the question would be then is this, you ready? Then how much influence have we allowed the world to teach us about what we say we have hope in? And does it really matter? For instance, here's another one. When you look at the, at our, and don't go, don't go destroying nothing, okay? But if you look at the, at the nativity scene located at the front of our church, in front of our pulpit, uh, that nativity scene is completely wrong, okay? The wise men should not be there. Do you know how much of an influence that had on me growing up? Because I'd always seen the nativity scene with the wise men there. I'd always seen the nativity scene with three wise men there. I've always seen a nativity scene. For instance, here, here's another one. What color of clothing does Mary wear? Head covering? Somebody tell me. Blue. Nowhere in the Bible does it say it's blue. But, but you think about this, y'all. What we've allowed to happen, and, and I love what my pastor said one time. The proper way to have a Christmas story to be, to be portrayed within our church would be done behind a sheet where all you've got is shadows so that you don't cause anything to cause you to begin to worship an idol. Because I promise you, you go home and start messing around with your mama and daddy's nativity scene and there's going to be some payment, y'all. So what we need to do tonight is I want us to look at God's Word. I want us to look at God's Word, and I want us to see what God's Word has to say. So if you take your Bibles, we'll go all the way back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter, let's see, Genesis chapter 30, uh, 30, woo, let me see if I can get my Bible turned there. Genesis chapter, and it's falling apart, Genesis chapter 35, and if you'll get to Genesis chapter 35, what you're going to do is you're going to find where Jacob is returning to Bethel. And as he's returning back to Bethel, what happens is, is in verse 16, Rachel dies. And there's a, there, there's a scripture here that causes people to go, whoa, do it. wait, 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 wait. Now, hey, and, and this would be looking back on Jewish history. This would be looking back on that of, of, of the history of, of the Jewish people and, and, and also looking up and remember every person's name um, in the Bible, it, it always had a meaning. It always carried a, a, a meaning to its name, much like Joshua, you know, uh, Jesus saves um, or, 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 or Savior, right? So, so verse 16, And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrah, and Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it come to pass that when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it come to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. All right, now, in the Hebrew language, that would mean, all right, the son of my sorrow. But his father at there right by her as he was as she was dying, but his father called him Benjamin, which would mean the son of the right hand. And Rachel died and was buried in the way of Ephra, 
and which is Bethlehem. That's pretty cool. Oh, wait a minute. What? Is that the same Bethlehem that we would learn about later on over in, in the Gospels where it says that he was born in Bethlehem? Yeah, it's the same Bethlehem. And what happens here is, is you'll find that Rachel, Rachel's name would mean that of a, of a ewe lamb, all right? And then that of Benjamin's name would speak of a, of a lamb, all right? And, and he would say this, and Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is a pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. In Israel, Jacob journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Adar. You underline the word tower of Adar. And as you look at the Tower of Adar, let me explain to you what the Tower of the, of the Adar was. Later on, we're going to get over there. Uh, if you want to go ahead and start turning that way, there's a, there's a place in Micah that Micah chapter 4, it's going to speak of this Magdil Adar or this Tower of Adar. And what it is, is it's a tower that was placed there in Bethlehem that in this tower, you would have had the shepherds, the temple shepherds, the, the, the shepherds that would have been looking over that of the uh, the. the the sacrifices that would be sacrificed in Jerusalem, they would be placed in the top of the tower. In the bottom of the tower, that would be where the sacrificial lambs would be born. That would be where the, where, where the lambs that would be uh, raised very carefully, very thoughtfully, without any blemish, without any broken bones, without any cuts. They would raise those lambs to do what? To be later on, to be carted up to Jerusalem to do what? to cut their throats and allow the blood of the lamb to be poured out to pay for the sins of the people within that, within that time period. And so what happens is, is in Micah, Micah chapter 4, Micah begins to give us a foretelling, or he gives us a foretelling of that of the coming Messiah. Normally on Christmas morning, what you would find is you would find Micah chapter 5 being talked about. And Micah chapter 5 is actually the continuation of Micah 4. Joel, Micah, thank you. Miss Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, praise Jesus. All right, and so in Micah chapter 4, notice what happens here in uh, that of verse 6. And he says this, And in that day saith the Lord, Yahweh, Will I assemble her that halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that, that I have afflicted, that's Jerusalem, or that, that, that's the children of Israel, and I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that cast her far off a strong nation, and the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, Unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom, shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. You stop there. It is speaking of the same tower that is spoke of in Genesis 35. And this same tower is the tower of the flock. And what happens is, is in Micah chapter 5, Micah goes on to say these words. Watch what happens in verse 1. Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. But, but, the word but, but thou, Bethlehem of Ephrathah, all right, that's just Genesis 35. 
Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. Therefore will he give them up until the time that she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. And it goes on to talk about a, a future prophetic passage as well about that of the end times. What happens there, Vance, is this. What, what, what Jesus or what God is doing is God is giving a foretelling. God is saying, hey, this is, where the, this is where the one is going to come from. This is, and it's so pinpoint. That is what blows my mind about it. The Mormons would say, all right, the Mormons would say that Jesus was born in Jerusalem. All right, that's what Joseph Smith would say. Later on, people would say, well, wait a minute, the Bible says Bethlehem, and so therefore you've got it all wrong. And they would say, well, does it really matter? It's just a few miles away. Yeah, it matters. Because my, my Bible is teaching me, my Bible is showing me that, you know what, that, that, that is, it, it is very pinpointed as to where this one is going to come from. You know why also that that matters? So there's no confusion as to when the one that comes says, I am that I am. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, then you ready? The ones that would have known the Scriptures would have said, oh yes, he is. And what happens here is, is in Micah and in, thir- in Genesis 35, what it's doing is it's also taking, and you tie in Isaiah chapter 6, and, you, and, and, and Isaiah chapter 7, and Isaiah chapter 9, In Isaiah, it's telling you that there's going to be one that's going to come. He's going to be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. I forgot to come get my fruit. The everlasting Father. That's crazy. I know. Sorry. Man, I forgot that. The everlasting Father. Guys, there's one that was going to come, and he would be born of a virgin. Now, hold on. You ready? Let's think of the significance of this. There's great significance in this. Because there's a big difference in him being born in a barn and him being born in a, in a tower where baby lambs were to be born only to be sacrificed. You see, Joshua said something on Saturday, and that is that he came to what? He came to die. Jesus, Jesus came for one purpose. He came for one purpose, and that was to die for the sins of the world. And what better way to show that, what better way to understand that than to understand it through the teachings of God's Word and God's Word pointing us and saying, listen, He, he has come to be a sacrificial lamb. He's come to sacrifice Himself. Because what would happen is as you look on and you would see then, you take your Bible and you could flip on over, you could flip over to the book of Luke. As you turn to Luke, Luke chapter 2, it makes Luke chapter 2 even more, even, uh, even more prevalent or it comes to life when you tie in the other parts of the Scripture. I, listen, I don't know how y'all are at your house, but man, I can remember way back when, every Christmas morning at my grandpa's house, Every Christmas morning at my grandpa's house, the Bible would be broken open and there'd be somebody fighting over wanting to read Luke chapter 2 to the point that you could almost recite Luke chapter 2 as long as you were reciting it from the King James, okay? And what happened was, is that that we would read this, y'all, but man, 
You know what I was allowing to do as I was reading this? I would, I would allow grandma's nativity scene to give me a picture as to what this looked like, not let the word of God teach me what this looked like. Well, watch what happens. I just want to show you. Here you go. Verse 1, chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all, listen, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made in Serenius, was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth in Judea and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. How strange it is. Wait a minute. So he went back to where? To Bethlehem. And as he went back to Bethlehem, them going back to Bethlehem was under the will of God. The sovereign will of God. Strange. Hold on a second. There's no way, guys, listen to me. There's no way you'll ever be able to thwart the will of God. God's will will be, will be His will. And what happens is, is somehow Satan thinks that he can continue to, to, to kill, to, you know, to disrupt, to, to change. But Satan doesn't have that power. Yes, he's a powerful person, and, but you ready, guys? He is not all-powerful. And what happens here is what we're seeing is we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. And by the prophecy being fulfilled, what we're able to see here is that, you ready? That my God had a plan from the very beginning. Hold on a second. All the way back from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Oh, you remember? Remember, Bell? It was the, it was the serpent striking the, the person on a heel, but then the heel was going to do what? Crush the head of that serpent. And, 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 and understand this well. That's why Herod would go and try to kill all the babies from two years old and younger. That would be off Satan and Satan alone. The wickedness, the evilness. Again, thinking that he was going to be able to do what? Fort the plans of God. To change the plans of God. Not allow things to happen. Not that Satan would even know the future. Watch what he does here. You ready, guys? To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being a great with child. And so it was that while they were there, Bethlehem, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought first her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they're right there. That's where I would get mixed up because I would see the word inn and immediately I'm going holiday inn. All right. It's got to be the holiday inn. It's got to be, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the red roof inn. It's got to be there, there, there must be an inn there because my Bible plainly says there's an inn. All right. Well, there was no room for them in, the, in, in, in a room. There, there was no room for them in that of a house. There, there, there was no room for them in that, in, in that of a setting that was appropriate for it. But isn't it cool that there was no room? Because why? Well, that would be a plan of God. What I find amazing is, is that there's Bibles that have changed the swaddling clothes. That does matter. They've changed the swaddling clothes to where the baby was clothed with clothing. That matters, y'all. He wasn't born in no hospital. He wasn't born with no baby clothes on him. He was born, and let me tell you when that happened. I was at a church, and on Christmas Day, it was Christmas Day, and uh, the bulletins uh, was something that was prescribed to us by Lifeway. <laughs> and so on the front of that bulletin, they would have had the, I think it was the, 
at the time it was the CSB, maybe CSV, I, I don't know. I think it was the CSV. And in, that, and in that version, it would have said, and he would have had clothes on. I will tell you that we had several people come to me and they were not happy with the front of the bulletin because there were people that understand the value of the swaddling clothes. See, there was a prophetic, there was a prophecy that was placed in that of the swaddling clothes because later on what would happen is, is a temple priest would come down to Bethlehem and what they would do is as they come to Bethlehem because that was where the sacrificial lambs were being born, they would swaddle those, those, those sheep, those lambs. They would swaddle them and they would carry them very carefully back to Jerusalem. You know why? Because if they were blemished, if they fell, if they cut their leg, if anything happened to them from the trip from Bethlehem to that of Jerusalem, they could not be used for that of the sacrifice for the blood of, or, or the blood could not be shed for that of the people because it was a blemished or it was something wrong with that, with, with that lamb. And so the temple priests knew that. And so they were very careful in their travels. And so therefore they would swaddle. They would wrap those dudes up. And you know what they would do? Is they would haul those jacks up there and they would then be able to sacrifice them and the blood could be shed for the payment of the sins of the people. He says this. Notice this one. This one was one that always got me. And there were in the same country shepherds. Now, that, that's a big part. The same country, you would underline that because that means that these shepherds were, were not just any shepherd. They would have been temple, um, they would have been um, temple, um, temple sacrifice, or see, let me think through this, temple shepherds that would have been watching over uh, all of the sacrificial lambs for the temple in Jerusalem. They were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. You better believe they were. I, I don't know about how y'all are, but if I'm in pitch dark, I'm finding nothing fun about a light just popping up, all right? That is nothing fun about that. Could you imagine being pitch dark? I, I don't know. It says this. Read it again. And the angel of the Lord uh, appeared to them. It says, and the glory of the Lord uh, shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There's the word. You underline the word joy. Not happiness. Joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now hang on. They knew what the city of David was, because why? Well, because... They would have known what Scripture said about that, and they would have known where they were at. They were in Bethlehem. And for this shall be a sign unto you. Now hold on a second. You underline the word sign. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Boom, done. Nowhere does it say you'll find them in the inn, or you'll find them behind the inn, or you'll find them, go down Main Street, turn left on, on West Broad, and, and go over down, no, it's, no. The angel was very clear. My God does it, he doesn't go vague on things. He says, here's a sign unto you, Philip, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They knew exactly what that was. 
They knew exactly what was wrapped in swaddling clothes. They knew exactly what was going to be laid in a manger because that's exactly what was done when a lamb was born. All right. And when the lamb was born at the tower of Adar, at the, at the, at the, at the, at the tower of the flock, which today you can still find one of those towers there in Bethlehem. I'm not saying it's that tower, but they have been able to, to, to find a tower. And what you would find there is in the bottom, there would have been this huge, uh, this huge opening where the lambs would have been born. And as they were born up in the top, there would have been a shepherd that would have been watching over the tower. Why? Because of because of wild beast, and then out it, it would go out into the fields, and then therefore they would be watching their flocks out in the fields. The babe will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. The babe wouldn't have baby clothes on, y'all. And see, that's what that version did. It matters. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It's the swaddling clothes that spoke to them. Watch what he does here. And suddenly, you underline the word suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Hang on a minute. I'm going, what? And then verse 15, And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, What have we seen and where do we go? <laughs> that was crazy, wasn't it, Bubba? And Bubba's looking over at Jethro going, man, I ain't never seen nothing like that. Now listen, I've seen a lot of things, man. And I'm sure they've seen a lot of fallen stars. And I'm sure they've seen a lot of crazy things going. But Jethro, let me tell you right now, that was crazy, huh? It doesn't even say that they really paused. Watch what it says here. Watch the verbiage. He says, let us go now. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem because see this tower would have been located just outside that of Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. Hey, they knew exactly and, it came, and they came with haste. They knew exactly where they was going. They didn't waste. They came with haste because as soon as they heard and, and guys listen to me. It would be only because they knew what the scriptures would said. They knew, they knew the value of the thing that, that they were watching over. They knew, now listen, you ready? If they were that of the temple shepherds, if they were the ones that were watching over the temple sacrifices, you've got to understand something. They knew the value of that lamb. They knew the value of that animal. They knew that animal had to be taken care of. They knew that that animal had to be as, uh, without blemish because if that animal had blemish, then that animal, was, uh, that animal was no good. And so while they were watching their flock, they watched that flock because they knew the value. And when they heard, you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Listen, guys, you see no other direction but that direction. And they knew exactly where they were going. They get there. And when they get there, watch what happens. When they get there, it says this, And they came with haste, you underline the word haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It doesn't say that they're behind the inn. It doesn't say that they're in a barn. It doesn't say there's cows there. It doesn't say they're lowing. It doesn't say that. No. And listen. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. You ain't going to believe what we were told. 
And watch this. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which they were told them by the shepherds. By, the, by a lower class of people. People that really were not looked good upon. But listen, you ready? They're coming to them. They're, they're going, man, you're not going to believe this. Hey, there is one that has come. You know who told us? Through the angel of the Lord. He showed up, y'all. We were out in the field and he showed up and he says, Hello! <laughs> and I don't think that's what he said. We see what he said. And they said this to us, man. They said, you're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And you know what we did, y'all? We went up there where, where, where you would find something wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And guess what we found? We found the baby there. There's a baby there. And you know what the angel said that baby was going to be? That baby was going to, hey, that baby was going to bring joy. That baby was going to bring peace. That baby was going to bring hope. They were blown away by it. Why? Well, because they knew what the, they knew the value. They knew what the they knew what the word would have said. He says this. It says, "But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart." And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it is told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus which is so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Guys, how much have we allowed the world to teach us about the very thing that we say we have hope in? How much have we not, listen, how much have we allowed music to teach us about the thing that we say we believe in how very little have we allowed the Word of God to teach us? And can I tell you why we let it happen that way? Because it's way easier just to turn on a song and listen to a song. It's way easier just to watch a movie. It's way easier just to, I don't know, uh, just to hear a story than it is to open God's Word, study God's Word, and allow God's Word to teach us what it is that we need to know about this blessed hope. Now, you know what the sad part is? Go to Mark. Go to Mark chapter 2. Here's the sad part. Mark chapter 2. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 2. Sorry, it's, it's an M. Go with me. Matthew chapter 2. I have to put my eyeballs back on. Matthew chapter 2. Watch what happens here. We won't read all of this. Here would be the part where there's nowhere it says there'll be three wise men. And hey, and remember, the song also gives them a name. Okay? There, there's no... <laughs> Go listen to that song. Okay? There's names given to the three wise men. There, there, there's nowhere here. And again, remember, hey... Remember how the wise men would have known about this? Many believe because of what they learned out of the book of Numbers, okay, that they would have been taught what they were taught through the teachings that would have been handed down or that would have been given by that of Daniel. That, that's cool stuff, y'all. Remember, uh, there was prophecy that was fulfilled by these, by these wise men showing up. 
Watch what he does, Paxton. You ready? It says this. Here's the sad part. And when he had gathered all of the chief priests, that's, that's the king, all right, Herod, verse 4, when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. They knew. They knew, y'all. And thou Bethlehem, uh, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, art thou not least among the princes of Judah? For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again. When they show up, verse 11, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child, not a baby, not a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's a young child, probably two years old. And he says this, and they fell down and they worshiped him and they opened their treasures and they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Again, a a prophecy of that of of different aspects of Jesus's ministry. And being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Now here's the thing, you ready? Guess who didn't go with them to Bethlehem to find the babe that was wrapped in swaddling or, 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 or or the young child? The scribes and the Pharisees, the people that were religious, the people that knew what the prophet said, they said, look, the prophet said this would be how it would take place. Listen, how many people in our church today, how many people, they speak with their lips, but they do not believe with their heart? Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. That's what people say. But do they really believe that he's coming and do they look for his return? Because remember, if 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be foolish. I don't want you to be unaware. The people that have died, you look back in that graveyard, the people that have died that are in the graves that were believers, they placed their faith in that of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. That's Christians. Listen, there's going to be a day that Christ is going to return. And when He returns, guess what happens? They are brought out of the graves. <laughs> That's crazy talk. And then those which are alive and remain will be called up thereafter. Then there's going to be a great meeting in the air. That means we're called up and they're going to gather in the air. It is going to be one more homecoming, let me tell you. But our churches are full of people just like the scribes and Pharisees. They're not even looking for that. Because their hope is really not in that of Christ. Their hope is in their religion. Their hope is in everything but that of Christ. And my question to you tonight is this. You ready? How much are you allowing the world to teach you about Jesus, the one you've placed your hope in, and how much are you not allowing God's Word to teach you about who Jesus is, the one you've placed your hope in? Revelation twenty-two twenty, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Come, Jesus, come. Y'all, He came one time. And He came just like what the Bible said. 
Not what the world says. He came just as the Bible said He would come. I assure you, He is coming again. Are you looking forward to 